The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. If you have your Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And what I want to talk to you about is really the, the, the subject I'm going to be talking to you about is very counterculture to the world that we live in today. In fact, it's, it's, it's pretty much the exact opposite of how we are raised to kind of live our life. And to explain this, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, a couple years ago, my daughter Bo was turning four. She's six now, but she was turning four. And with my girls, uh, the, what, what we decided to do is when they turn four, they start getting to have what we call daddy-daughter date nights. And so what I do is, is I'll, I'll pick them up, I come to the house, I dress up in really nice clothes, I put on cologne, I, I come to the door, I ring the doorbell, and then I take them out for a date. And, and there's a couple purposes for this. Number one is I want to set the standard for my girls and how they should be treated their entire life. I want to, I want to create for them a model that every boy has to live up to from moving forward. Amen, dads? Good idea, right? And then the second thing is I, I love having time with my kids alone, just, just me and them. There's something about getting your kids alone where it's just you and them one-on-one where you get different kids, especially if you have multiple children like we do. We get them separated from the herd and they're like a different person. They're really more themselves. So uh, we had this all planned. I got dressed up. Sarah dressed up Bo and fixes her hair and puts perfume on her. And she, she wears a dress and I pick her up, ring the doorbell. And we get in the car and I'm like, all right, hon, what do you want to do? And she goes, I want to go to a romantic, fancy restaurant. I said, okay, sounds good. You got anything in mind? She said, yes, Wendy's. Because <laughs> Wendy's is so romantic and fancy. Fine dining. Uh, so we go to Wendy's, and then after Wendy's, we go to a movie. And we went and saw the, the Cinderella movie, not the cartoon, but the live you know, action actor, one that came out a few years ago. And if you've seen this movie, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of these movies, it's made for girls. It's got princesses and, and a prince and a kingdom and a fairy godmother and, you know, it's all this different stuff and girls love it. And so I take her to the movie and we're watching the movie and I notice something while the movie's going on, uh, when like romantic kind of parts would happen in the movie, she, I'd find her like cuddling up next to me a little bit tighter. In fact, there's this one part in the movie where they're at the ball and the prince and Cinderella are walking around and they kind of go into this little secret garden and he's pushing her on this swing, if you've seen the movie. And I guess like this just, this is just romantic, like a swing, like I'm four, this is amazing, like this isn't gonna happen. And so she just, in that part, she just grabs my face and just laid one on me. <laughs> like it just overtook her. She didn't know what to do with herself. She just kissed dad. Uh, so <laughs> we had a great time after the movie was over we we're going back to the car and she was having a little trouble walking because Sarah had got her some new shoes and they were a little too big and they kept falling off her feet and so finally I just kind of picked her up and I was carrying her back to the car and as I was doing this I was just thinking inside you know you have these moments sometimes with your kids where you're just kind of reflecting on the fact that like it ain't going to be like this forever like how precious these moments are where we have our kids at this place where she is so dependent upon me and I'm kind of everything to her. Like right now, I'm her romantic interest in a way. Uh, and it's not always going to be that way. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Someday there's going to be some boy that catches her eye. And, and they'll begin to like each other. And, you know, that's why dad lifts weights. And, uh, and, and you know, this will change. And, and, and it's really just how life goes. We grow up. And we all grow up this way. We grow up and we, we start off very dependent upon our parents, very dependent upon other people to take care of us. 
But part of growing up is growing independent, growing to where we can take care of ourselves. And, and someday for my kids, they're going to grow older. And as hard as it is to think about that right now, they're going to leave me and Sarah. And they're going, the Bible says they're going to cleave to somebody else. And they're going to start their own family. And we'll always be a part of their life, but it won't be like it is right now. And in the world we live in today, this is, this is very normal, very natural. Uh, it's kind of the way things are. And people look at, you know, independence as, as kind of a, a sign of happiness. If you can get, you know, independent in work and have your own business, if you can be independent in, in life and kind of be able to kind of take care of yourself, that's looked at as a sign of like true happiness. But here's what I need you to, here's what I need you to understand this morning. In the kingdom of God, it's the exact opposite. It, growing, maturing in Christ is not, is not about growing to a place where we don't need God as much. R- mature believers, what they do is they realize how much they need God. You grow more dependent upon God and more dependent. In fact, I've had the opportunity in my life to be around some, some great leaders, pastors of huge churches. And one of the things I've noticed about these guys that, that, that are doing these, you know, starting movements in, in the kingdom of God is that they're, they're some of the most dependent upon God people I've ever met. They hardly move without going to God and seeking his counsel on everything that they do. Because in the kingdom of God, that's a sign of maturity. God has created us in such a way that we need him. We need to depend on him. And as a father, he's, he's fine with that. Just like I'm fine with my kids depending on me, And I love that. That's how God is with you. He wants you to depend on him. He wants you to lean into him. He wants you to go to him with your needs. He wants you to find joy and happiness and and the romance of life in him. That's how he's created you to be. But understand this, and this is super important too. God didn't just design you to be connected to him. He also designed you to be connected to each other, to other believers, to have other people in your life that you are doing life with. You're not to grow independent of other people. You're actually to grow interdependent upon each other. This is what we need in life. And yet the culture that we live in today pulls us away from each other, right? We live in a world where we're very connected, but a lot of these connections are kind of false connections. And if we really start to consider it, how many people can we really count on? How many people are we really doing life with? How many people are we walking with? It's an important question. The Bible says this in Romans 12. It says, since we are all one body in Christ, this is talking about us, the church. Uh, The Bible talks about us being the body of Christ. The body of Christ is all connected. A body is connected, right? You look at a body, it's a lot of parts, but they're all connected to each other. As long as they're connected, they're thriving. You cut my hand off, you know, and leave it somewhere, it's going to die, it's going to rot, it's going to disappear. If it's not connected, we're called to be connected. Since we're all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. As Christians, we belong to a family and we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. If I turn to the person that's sitting there beside you this morning and say, you need me. Turn to the other person and say, and I need you. We need each other. We're called to live life together. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Here's, Here's something you need to understand. You cannot fulfill God's purposes for your life all by yourself. God's got plans and purposes, a calling for you, but you're never going to reach your full potential if you just try to be the lone ranger. You need other people around you. So, so God created something. He established something uh, after Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead. Before he left, he established something to help people get connected with each other, and that is called the church. 
And the church is, from the very beginning, uh, if you look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 and on, you see this group of people, and the church is being launched together, this group of people that are doing life together. They're they're with one another, living life with one another, connected with one another, caring for one another, growing with one another, reaching out to the people around them together with one another. And this is what God has called us to do. In fact, if you look at the New Testament, that, that word, that, that phrase, one another, is listed over and over again. In fact, it's, it's listed 59 times in the New Testament. We're told to be devoted to one another. We're told to live in harmony with one another, to love one another, to accept one another, to instruct one another, to serve one another in love, to be kind and compassionate to one another, submit to one another, and on and on and on. 59 times Jesus and, 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 and the New Testament talks about doing life together with one another. And, and here's what you need to see. The primary activity of the New Testament church was, was, was one anothering with one another. That's what they were doing. They were living life together. See, this idea of one another, here, here's what it says. It says it's not about just me. It's about us. Why? Because there's power in us. There's, there's, there's a lot of good that comes out of us being connected together. So this is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about this idea of one anothering. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can, this, this message is called one anothering. And I want to talk to you about how we connect to one another, why we need to connect to one another. And it's going to be really good. Now, I'm just going to be right up front with you on what my goals are for today. Okay. Just so you know, a couple of goals I have. One is I want you to see how important this is, that this isn't just something that you, you can either take it or leave it, but that this is actually a calling that God has placed on our life to be connected to one another. It's a part of us really walking out what Jesus has called us to be, is fighting the isolation that the enemy wants us to walk in and living life together. And, and here's what I really want to do. I want to point you towards getting connected at New Song in a small group. Because it's so important that you're doing life in community connected with one another. Okay, so I got four reasons why we need one another's this morning. And here's my first reason. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's safe. I need one another's in my life because it's safe. You know, walking through life with other people is just better. There's safety in numbers. You guys ever heard that phrase before? We need other people with us. We need people who are willing to, to defend us, who are willing to stand up for us, who are looking out for us. Philippians 2 verse 4 says this, it says, look out for, notice these words, one another's interests, not just your own. When I was a kid uh, in my neighborhood, we used to play football in this little corner and uh, there was this one yard that was really big and, and we'd like to play football there with my friends. And, but on the corner of this, this, there was a big light pole and on this pole there was a sign that said neighborhood watch. You guys remember these signs? Anybody remember these? It's a neighborhood watch. Now that sign, Neighborhood Watch, is a sign that speaks to community, right? It speaks to an idea that we are looking out for each other's interests. We're watching out for each other. We're, we're, you know, we're keeping track of what's going on. We're looking for suspicious behavior. I'm, I'm watching over my stuff. I'm watching over your stuff. That's what that sign says. So here's my question for you this morning. Is there anyone in your life that's looking out for you? Is there anyone in your life that's got your back? Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about some of this, you know, if you go on vacation, you can call this person up and they'll get your mail and watch over your house. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are watching over your soul. Because listen, your soul is a lot more important than your stuff. You need somebody who cares about you, who's looking at you and watching over you 
and, 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 and following the moods of your life and the things going on in your life and is there for you to look out for you and, and protect you. We need people like that in our life. And if you don't have somebody like that in your life, you need to. The Bible says this in Hebrews 13, verse 1. It says, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. Notice, we should care about each other. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should care. We should be looking out for each other. We should be concerned. Notice it says, keep being concerned. We're to keep an eye out for each other. Keep watching each other. Why? Here's why. Because we have an enemy in this world. We, we have a devil that, that exists in this world. And he, he hates you. And he wants to ruin your life. The Bible says he's seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He doesn't like you. He wants to discourage you. He wants to steal the plans of God for your life. He wants to ruin uh, the, the, your, your, your future. He wants to ruin your children's future. And he's plotting and has schemes and wiles to do this. So what do we do? <laughs> How do we protect ourselves? How do we, how do we fight against him? Well, here's what we don't do. We don't run from him. We actually face him head on. And we actually, what the Bible tells us to do is we, after, we actually go after him. See, far too often Christians are running from the enemy instead of running towards the enemy with the weapons that God has given us. That's what we're called to do. In fact, the Bible says this. This is amazing. Jesus said this in, uh, in Matthew 16, verse 18. Talking about the church, he says this. I will build my church. Notice Jesus is the one building the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, something you need to recognize here is he talks about the kingdom of darkness as being the gates of hell. Now, think about a gate, okay? Gates aren't something that chase you around, are they? No, gates can move in that they can, you know, if there's a gate, it can actually swing open and closed. But a gate is in a location, right? See, that's what the devil does. He, He builds these gates in this world. He builds these strongholds in this world. And and what Jesus is saying here is that the church, when it's functioning the way it's supposed to, when we're connected to God, when we're connected with each other, that we should be going after the places where the enemy has built strongholds. And when we do the way God's designed us to, we will prevail against where the enemy has strongholds in our community. Listen, there there are strongholds in the community we live in. I I heard this morning that Oklahoma City is becoming one of the most known cities in America for for murders. That shouldn't be. We, We have to rise up against that we got to rise up against some of this junk. This is what the church is called to do. It's not to, to run, but to stand and go after this stuff. In fact, uh, look at this. I want you to look at this with me. This week, I was, I was, as I was studying this, I felt like God just kept saying, hey, I want you to go look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. And I kept thinking, I don't really know why I need to go look at this, but I'm, I'm going to obey God. And so I started studying it, and, uh, and it talks about how we face the enemy. Let me, let me show you this. It says, finally, my brethren, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice that we're, we're counting on the, the might of God here. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the strategies, the tactics with wiles. That's what the devil's doing. He's strategizing. He's planning. He has, he has a plot to ruin your life. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. What does that mean? Here's what it means. It means we're not wrestling against what we think we're wrestling against. It means the problems that we have in life are not, your problem is not with your boss. Your problem is not with, with that teacher at your kid's school. Your problem is not with your spouse. Your problem is, is, with, is a spiritual problem. There's an enemy who's trying to cause damage in your life. And we need to, if, if there's a spiritual attack against us, so we need to have a spiritual defense system in place. 
And that's what we see here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. This is our spiritual weaponry that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to, and having done all to stand. Now, note, I want you to notice something. It says, having done all to stand. It says we're to withstand. Now, that, that word stand means, uh, is also translated stand firm or also to hold your ground. Now, here's the idea, is that the enemy is going to come against us, he's going to attack us, and, and we don't turn and run away from him. We stand our ground, we face him head on, and we advance towards him. That's the idea here. We're holding our ground. We're not giving up ground to the enemy. We're holding our ground. And then Paul goes on to talk about the armor that we are to take up, the spiritual weaponry that we're to take up. He talks about the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, all these different weapons. But if you study this, here's what kind of rose up with me this week. If you start to study this, what you'll notice is there's no armor for your back. There's nothing to cover your back. So what's up with that? Well, a couple things. Notice, first of all, he says that we're to stand firm, we're to hold our ground. Now, you don't hold your ground turned around like this, Right? You're holding your ground. You're facing forward. We're advancing. We're not showing the devil our back because we're not running from the devil. We're going after the devil. That's part of this. But the other part of this is I studied this this week. This is really neat. I I was studying uh, Roman culture. And there was something that the Roman people of this time would have understood or the people of Paul's day would have understood that we don't always understand today. And that was the tactics that the Roman soldiers would use in battle. And one of the tactics that they would use uh, in battle was they had a... a, uh, a formation that they would use called the testudo, testudo. That's Latin for tortoise. And, and what it was, was, was a group of these soldiers would literally, like a turtle, they would kind of go into a shell. And they would come together in this group and they would get their shields and they would cover each other back to back and all over to the point that there was no way that any arrows or, or projectiles that were coming after them could get them. In fact, I've got a picture of it this morning. This is the formation that they would... They would come together. Now, here's, here's what God showed me that was so cool. The reason that we don't have anything on our back is because God wants us to cover each other's back. God expects us to be facing the enemy head on, standing against him, holding our ground, but also doing this with a group of people around us who are covering each other's back. Look at this verse, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand, look at this, back to back and conquer. Isn't that awesome? He goes on to say, three are even better. Hey, that's a small group right there. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Here's my question for you this morning. Do you have anybody in your life that's got your back? Do you have anybody in your life that when the enemy's coming against you and attacking you and throwing things at you, that you can come together with these people and you can, you can put your shields up in faith together and you can stand against the enemy's attacks? You need that. If you don't have it, you need it. Because there's safety that comes with being in community, with doing life with one another. It's safe. Number two, here's the second reason why I need one another's in my life. Number two, it's strategic. It's strategic. We have an assignment here on this earth. We have a mission. God's called us to do something. And, and part of, of fulfilling the mission and the calling that God's placed on our life Part of us accomplishing it is realizing that we don't do this on our own. We need to do this with other people. In fact, if you look at the life of Jesus, something that's really interesting is Jesus had these disciples with him. And there's a few places in the Bible where Jesus would send out his disciples. And pretty much every time he would do this, he would always send them out in groups of at least two or more. In fact, there's even a a time that Jesus sent uh, someone to retrieve a donkey for him. And he didn't just send one guy. He sent a couple of people. Why? Because Jesus understood the power of 
of one another's in the group assignments of life. We have these, these assignments that we're called to in life that are group assignments that we're called to do with one another's. Here they are, two, two things we're called to do. One is we love people in our church. We love people in the church family. We do that with one another. The second thing is we serve people outside of the church family. Okay, so let's talk about these. First one, we, we love people in our church family. Did you know that when you are, are in community, when you're with other people, loving each other, loving the family of God, you know that that's a witness to the world that proves that God is real? Yeah. The Bible says this, in, and Jesus said this in John 13, 35. He says, notice this. This is really cool. Your love for, everybody say this with me, one another, let's try it again, one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Do you see that? Our love for each other proves to the world that we're the disciples of Jesus Christ. Not our love for Jesus, not our love for God, our love for each other. See, there's something about when we're believers, when we come together and we're loving each other and we're living in community, that the world sees that and it makes no sense to them. And they look at that and they say, there's something going on here and I want to be a part of that. This is a calling. This is part of us witnessing to the world around us is us doing life together, loving one another. The second reason why is we serve people outside of the church family. The Bible says this in Ephesians 2.10, God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. God wants us to do these good works. He's called us to an assignment. He's called us to reach out to the world around us, and we're supposed to do this work with one another. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, two people are better than one because they get more done working together. You know, it, it's, a, it's a simple truth that we all understand, that the more people you got doing something, the more you're able to get done, right? And, and, and something you need to realize this morning, I hope you realize this, is you need other people with you to do what God's called you to do. And here's one of the big reasons why, because you ain't good at everything. In fact, turn to the person beside you and say, you ain't good at everything. We're not. And, and listen, there is freedom that comes with realizing that. People that think they're good at everything, they ain't, okay? Ain't. They ain't. And, and it ain't good. You know, New Song Church, one of the reasons this church is thriving and doing so good and growing the way it is, is because we realize, our team realizes that we ain't good at everything. Listen, I'm not good at everything. I've got some gaping holes in my life when it comes to certain things. That, and God has blessed me with people around me that can step in and help with some of those things. I, I'm, I'm not great at, at stuff like uh, details. I like big vision. I like big picture. And then I hand that off to the people that can take care of the details. That's what I like to do. I don't like systems. Like, I like them. I just don't like to do them. You do the systems. That's how I like to do things. Uh, I, I, I'm not skilled with like the gifting of worship, singing. Like that's not, if, if new song worship was led by me, uh, the church would have one person in it, Sarah. I think that's it. Maybe. She might go somewhere else too. It may just be me with a tape player. Saddle up your horses. But here's the thing. I, I realize it's not about me. It's about us there's power in us there's power in us coming together and everybody doing their part god designed us this way he designed us all different and it was something that's amazing to me that just blows me away all the time is that the stuff that i hate to do other people it's life-giving to them <laughs> like that's crazy to me stuff that just sucks the life out of me for other people it's like yes i love this it's so weird 
But that's how God created us. Why? Because he's got a purpose for all of us and an assignment. And we can't all be the same thing. We all have to fit into this body together so we can accomplish the assignment that God has for us. And we need each other. I watched this documentary uh, a couple weeks ago. It was about World War II. And uh, one of the things that happened in World War II is the economy of America completely changed. And, and a lot of the industry of America shifted over towards the war effort. And companies like Ford Motor Company, who were building cars like crazy and had invented the assembly line and that was going well, uh, shifted from making cars to making stuff like planes. In fact, uh, Ford was responsible for making most of the B-24 bombers that were used in World War II to bomb Japan and, and bomb Germany. And, and they, so they, they had their people shift from building cars to building these planes, and they were using the assembly line. And so here's what they would do. They, w- they had this assembly line building these planes. These planes, these B-24 bombers, had 1 million, million, 255,000 parts. And they were building these planes. One was coming off the line every 55 minutes, 24 hours a day. That's amazing. 1,255,000 parts was happening under an hour. Why? Because there was a lot of people. One person could never do that. But a bunch of people all doing their little parts can get something done really great, right? And that's what God's called us to do. We all have little parts to play, to be connected with, uh, with each other. It's strategic. I read this quote this week that said this. It said, uh, snowflakes are frail, but if enough of them stick together, they can stop traffic. Isn't that right? On our own, I- I'm limited in how much I can accomplish on my own. You're limited in how much you can accomplish on your own. But if we come together and we do what God's called us to do, we all come together for the assignment God's called us to do, we can accomplish a lot. We can get a lot done. We can change the world. So I need one another's in my life because it's strategic. God has an assignment for me and for you. And to fulfill it, I have to connect with others. Here's the third reason why I need one another's in my life. It's supportive. It's supportive. The fact is, in life, you're going to face stuff. You're going to face tragedy. You're going to face betrayal. You're going to face hurt. You're going to face death. You're going to face stuff in life. And when you face that stuff... You need a safety net. You need a support system. You need people around you who love you and care about you and are willing to come alongside you and and minister to you and help you and lift you up. 1 Peter 3 verse 8 says, you should be like one big family. Now look at what it says, full of sympathy towards each other. I read this week about this guy in California that uh, had passed away. And it took two years before people realized that he was dead in his house. For two years, think about that. How alone that guy was. That's not what God's called us to. And yet there's so many people that we we don't have anybody that we can really count on, anybody that can be there for us. How sad it must have been as that guy, as his life was, you know, coming to a close, that there was nobody there with him. That's not God's plan. That's not God's best. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says this, if one person falls, another, one another's, can reach out and help. But people, look at this, people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. When I was a kid, there was a commercial on TV that was on, it seems like, every commercial break for a while in the, in the 80s. Uh, it was this commercial for this thing called Life Alert. Anybody remember Life Alert? Remember these? Anybody have a Life Alert with them this morning? Okay. Good. I guess, yeah, good. You're all healthy. That's great. Uh, but 
The Life Alert thing was this commercial that became really famous, and there was a phrase in this commercial that you probably remember. Uh, and if you don't remember, check this out. I've fallen, and I can't get up. Anybody remember that? This was on all the time. There were shirts that were printed. There's like actually on YouTube, you can look this up later. Somebody's like remixed this, like, you know, like a, like a rap song. It's pretty awesome. Almost brought it out, but, but no dice. Um, but okay, but here's the idea. As I was thinking about this this week, God reminded me of this. And, and here's, the, here's the reality of what is going on here. This lady has fallen and she can't get up, right? She needs someone to come and to help her get up. She needs a helping hand. And as I was thinking about this this week, you know, I think we all need some people in our life that are on life alert. Because we all have times in our life when we face stuff, we fall, and we can't get up. It's hard to get up. We're facing some, stu- some tough stuff. We're facing loss. We're facing tragedy. We're facing financial things, and, and we need other people who are willing to come and love on us and minister to us. You know, sometimes in small groups, I think sometimes we're afraid to get into small groups because we're afraid that stuff like this could happen, <laughs> that there could be people that are facing some tough stuff, and we're going to be going, whoa, I don't know what to do here. Let me just simplify this for you this morning, okay? If you're in a small group and it comes to where you get to a place where somebody starts to cry, here's what you do. Don't try to fix the problem. A a tear, here's what a tear is. It's a sign that it's time to stop and it's time to pray. Just pray. That's what people need. People don't need your advice or your, unless they're asking for it, just keep it to yourself. What people need is to know you care, to know that you're there for them, to know that you love them and that you're not going anywhere. That's what people need. When people fall, they just need a helping hand. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says this, encourage each other and strengthen one another. And one of the great ways we do that is, is by just being there. And I love this about new song groups. Uh, in fact, last, a couple weeks ago, I heard about a guy in the church that had to go in for surgery. It was kind of an emergency surgery. And as soon as I heard about it, I started reaching out. We have a network here at the church that we have that is there to kind of help people in these situations. And so I started reaching out to some of the people in this and saying, hey, you know, we need to get a hospital visit. We need to take care of these guys. Do they need meals sent to their house? Just trying to help them out. And as I'm reaching out to the people, I'm, I'm finding out from them, oh, yeah, we're, we're already, we've already been to the hospital, already prayed for him. We've already got food set up for him. And I'm just going, okay, awesome. <laughs> but here's the thing. This guy was connected. He was serving He's in a group, he's connected. So when stuff like this comes up, man, it's on everybody's radar because he's not doing life alone. I've also seen people in the church that aren't connected and they have stuff that happens to them and I never even know it happens. Nobody does because they're not connected. And they, they leave the church and say, well, I, I, didn't, I never had a relationship. Well, that's not our fault. You gotta step out. You gotta reach out. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take some steps. You've got to plug in and get into community. And I'm telling you, you want to do it. It's, it's amazing what I've seen God do in our groups. Uh, there was just a couple weeks ago, I heard about a, a girl in the church, and she got sick, and she's got some little kids. And, and uh, some people in her group heard about her being sick, and somebody came over and picked up her kids. And while they were picking up her, her bigger kids, somebody was picking up her baby at the same time. So she just got to be home and kind of recover from her sickness. I love that. That's what we're talking about. That's... That's supporting each other. That's helping each other. 
Uh, I heard about a, a girl that had a baby and she's serving and she's, she's plugged in here and, and, and uh, in group. And when she had this baby for two weeks, people brought her food every day. I'm telling you, if you're getting ready to have a baby, get in a group, man. That's the way to go right there. Or a surgery or anything. Get plugged in. But, but here's what I want you to see. Like, this, is, this is how we do life together. We need this. We need people who are willing to, to be there for each other. I've heard about people that, you know, someone's having a tough time and they bring them a gift card to go have a spa day. Like, that's what we're talking about. We just, we just love each other. We're just caring for one, for, for one another. That's what God's called us to do, to support each other. Here's the fourth reason why I need one another's in my life. Number four, it's smart. It's smart. It's smart. Proverbs 11 verse 14 says this, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. It's safe to have other people around you that are speaking into your life, that are giving you counsel, that are directing you in decisions that you're making. God said this in Genesis 2.18 after he created Adam in the Garden of Eden. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. God looked at Adam in a perfect place, Eden, with perfect everything, including a perfect relationship with him. And God looked at him and said, that's not good. He's not connected to, to one another's. He needs other people that he can belong to. He said, it's not good. Why? Because here's the thing. When we're connected with other people, we grow. We grow. And we need to grow. God's called us to grow. Ephesians 4.16 says this. As each part, so this is talking about the body of Christ again. It's talking about each one of us, our individual parts, what we do. As each part does its work, it helps the other parts to grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what God's called us to be. He's called us to be healthy and loving and, and, and growing and full of love. That's what the assignment that God has called us, that's, that's the will of God for your life. And one of the ways we step into that is when we're connected to one another in community. And what I want you to see this morning, I hope you see this in this message, is that this call for community, this call for one anothering with one another is not an option. This is the calling of God for our life. This is what God designed us to do. This is what the New Testament church should look like. And that's why we emphasize, emphasize it so much. That's why we want you to get connected into groups. In just a couple weeks, we're going to be launching groups here at New Song. And we want everybody plugged into a group. We want you to get connected because it's so important. Josh Romano talked about this earlier. Can you guys put up that host slide again? There's some of you in here that, that you're called to be a host in one of our groups this year. God wants you to do this. And, and let me just say this, here's, here, so here's my assignment for you, get in a group, okay, that's my challenge to you, get in a group, and when I say that, I'm not saying that you've got to be in a group for the rest of your life, I'm not saying that you, the group that you're in this next semester has to be the group that you're in for the rest of your life, I'm just saying, try this out, get in a group, and just see what God does, and there's some of you that are called to be hosts for some of these groups, here's what a host does, have a heart for people, you need to have a heart for people, if you don't have a heart for people, you need to get in a group because you need to have a heart for people, okay? We're called to have a heart for people. It's part of our assignment as Christians. Number two, we need to open up our homes. Open up your house. You know, this is something that you can do. It's not hard. You don't have to have the, the nicest house in the world. You just need to have a home that you can open up. When we talk about groups, we're not talking about you having 15 people at your house. We're talking about three, four, five, six. That's fine. That's a group, a group of people. You can get together with a couple people, open up your home, and then serve a snack. And, and notice it says serve a snack, not just bring a snack for yourself. I'm not looking at anybody, Josh Romano. There was an, oh, he's not in here. That's why I'm not looking at him, right? If you want to know that story, come visit me in the lobby, but it's awesome. 
The service that, like Sarah has said, open up a bag of Doritos, crack open some Oreos, put out some juice boxes. Like, we don't expect you to make a, you know, designer cake from Pinterest-worthy stuff. Like, we're not expecting that, okay? We just, just serve a snack. Pigs in a blanket. Boom. There you go. Serve it up. And then uh, you just know at least two people. You need to know, if you don't know at least two people in this church, you need to get in a group. That's why you need to be in a group. And if you do know two people and you're not in a group, grab those two people and host a group. That's what you got to do. This is what God's called us to do. This is so important. This is so vital to the assignment God has for us. And man, we've got some awesome groups. I'm so excited about some of the groups that we're going to be launching uh, this fall. We've got some new uh, tribe men's groups that we're going to be launching. I'm going to be hosting a tribe group. Josh Romano is going to be hosting a tribe group. Some of our other guys are going to be hosting new tribe groups. Um, His groups is just taking off and we're going to be opening up some new his groups. Our our service series groups are going to be continuing to grow. We've got specific groups on stuff like marriage and and family and raising kids. You can can join one of these groups and you can actually lead it. We've got curriculum that we'll, we'll give to you to help you to lead a group and what Whatever you feel like God's calling you to do. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, a really cool group that we're going to have is our, our youth group. We're going to start a, a teenage youth group. And, and here's, here's what I'm excited about. Okay, I'm going to let you guys in on something. This just went down this week. First of all, uh, David Terry, our worship leader, who's not here today, he's going to be leading our, our youth group, which is really cool. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have some good worship at youth group. And uh, he's actually looking for another girl to help him lead that group. So maybe that's something that you feel like God's got on your heart. But then, okay, so in January, uh, just this week, it's it settled. We have a guy moving here from Gateway Church that I worked with in Dallas, and he's going to be our youth pastor at New Song Church. Isn't that exciting? So, man, there's some cool stuff happening at New Song. You need to get plugged in to a group, all right? Uh, so let me, let me just have you do this. Let's take an action step, okay? Because here's the thing. We want, to, we want to launch 15, we want to have at least 15 groups, right? Or 15 new groups. New groups. 15 new groups. Now here's the cool thing. We've already got everybody that we need to host, the, to lead these, host these groups. Some of you just don't know it's you yet. <laughs> a couple of last verses here. 1 Peter 4 verse 9 says this. Open your homes to each other without complaining. It's a pretty strong statement right there. What's your, what's your complaint? What's your problem? I'm not trying to be mean, but like someday you're going to stand before God and he's going to go, hey, why didn't you host a group? Well, my house was, was messy. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but I'm just imagining God in that moment kind of going, really? That's your answer? Okay, well, good luck with that. Like that's a lame excuse. Clean your house up. My house isn't big enough. Okay, go to a coffee shop. Go to a restaurant. Open, your house, open up your life. Open up your heart. I'm telling you, I, for years, I, I didn't do this. I, I was in churches and I was not in groups. And what, I was thinking about this yesterday. We moved to, to Oklahoma City three years ago. And I didn't know anybody here. We moved here and we didn't have a relationship in this city. There's a few people that we knew like Courtney and Justin who were moving from Tulsa and some people that were coming from us, with us from Dallas, but we didn't know anybody. And I can honestly say some of my best friends in the world are in this room and in this church. And how did I get to know them? I got connected to them, serving, connected them in groups. There's some of you in here tonight that, or this morning that some of your best friends that you don't even know, you're gonna meet them in just a few weeks in a group. And you're gonna do life with them. 
And they're gonna be people that you do life with for the rest of your life. They're gonna be people that hopefully you, they stand beside you in your deathbed as you get ready to go on to heaven. It's an amazing thing God does. In fact, look at this last verse, last verse. Matthew 18, verse 20. It says, where two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm there in their midst. Something amazing happens when we get together in a living room and a you know, semi-circle kind of thing with a group of, of friends and we, we talk about the things of God and we open up our hearts. God shows up and he begins to minister and he begins to, to breathe life into us. Uh, it's funny, we, we have our group that we host is on Sunday nights. And I'll just tell you, Sunday is typically, I'm exhausted by the time Sunday. And most of the time, I'm always feeling a little tired about going to group. And I always walk away from group feeling completely refreshed. Just hanging out with some people, talking about Jesus, talking about life, laughing. It's, it's awesome. I want to encourage you, get in a group. I know I'm hitting this hard, but I'm telling you, I've seen this is the lifeblood of our church. You need this get plugged in. Amen? We need groups. We need one another's because it's safe, it's strategic, it's supportive, and it's smart. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning in this message? Just listen. When I say that, here's what I'm saying. God wants to talk to you. God is a God who talks, and He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you today. What's He saying to you today? Maybe He's saying, hey, get in a group. Maybe he's saying that you need to plug in. Maybe you find yourself here and you go, I don't really know anybody here. Well, that's why I need to get in a group. I need to find a group that fits me and I need to get plugged in. Maybe you're here today and you feel this tug. Maybe I'm supposed to host a group. Just come on out to the meeting tonight. I believe God's telling you, come tonight and just check it out. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for the opportunity we have to gather like this in a large group and to worship you and to lean into you as a family, a, a big family of believers. But I thank you for this amazing uh, structure that we can have that we see in the New Testament Church of Acts where people were coming together and breaking bread and doing life together. And Lord, we, we know this is not just something that we're, we can do, it's something we're called to do. That the best version of us is the version that is connected, that is functioning like the image of God. So Lord, help us to find the group that fits us. Speak to us. Give us boldness. Give us the faith we need to step out and do this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.